Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. At some points, it seems like there is a conflict with generosity in Christ's teachings. However, this passage shows us when it is appropriate to be giving and receiving. You're listening to The Poor You Will Always Have With You by Reverend Peter Yonker. Our Bible reading tonight is from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 26. I'll read verses 6 through 13. Um, This is uh, something that happens to Jesus right before his crucifixion, right before he's taken into custody, right before the Last Supper. Listen to these words. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining on the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. They said, why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. This is the word of the Lord. Let's make one thing perfectly clear from the start. Let's get one thing clear to begin with. The disciples have a point when they rebuke this woman. The disciples have a point. Why this waste, they say. Why are you using this expensive perfume in this way? Couldn't you have sold the perfume and given the money to the poor, they say. And we're very conditioned to see that negatively, but dig deeper and you will see that the disciples have a point. Matthew doesn't report this. He simply calls the perfume very expensive. But if you go to Mark, Mark gives a price for the perfume. He says the perfume costs 300 denarii, 300 denarii. Now, I don't know, how how good is your denarii to dollars uh, translation skills? Can you do that on the fly? And if you can't, let me help you. Do you know what one denarius is? It's a day's wage. So 300 denarii, that's a year's pay for a day laborer. So we're talking about $40,000. $40,000 dumped over Jesus' head and gone in 20-second burst of fragrance. Now you understand why the disciples said what they said. You might be right with them. If the worship committee of the Grave Church came and proposed that next Thanksgiving Day, we withdraw $40,000 from our bank account in $100 bills and bring it up to the front here, mix it with incense and burn it here as a fragrant offering to our Lord. Would you vote in favor of that? I wouldn't. Why this waste? But in Jesus' case, he accepts this woman's extravagant offering and he even praises what this, women, what this woman does. And he does it with that strange phrase that's been perplexing to many of us for many years. He, he says, the poor you will always have with you. It's almost like he accepts the woman's offering in one hand and at the same time says on the other hand, don't worry about the poor so much. The poor, you know, just forget about the poor. And he says this right after 
like immediately after he's told the parable of the sheep and the goats. And in that parable, he seems to say exactly the opposite, right? He rebukes people and he says, if you don't help the poor, if you don't clothe the naked, if you don't take care of the stranger, you're going to be one of the goats and you won't enjoy the eternal promises, the eternal party of the kingdom. So the disciples, when they rebuke this woman and say, why this waste? They probably think they're doing exactly what Jesus has just said in this parable. And yet Jesus tells them, why are you bothering this woman? such an interesting story. It's one of those stories where you're like, Jesus, I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand what you're doing, which is often a good sign because when we dig deep, we have something we can learn. So what can we say about Jesus' strange saying and Jesus' acceptance of this extravagant, seemingly wasteful offering? First, let me say this up front. Jesus, accepting, Jesus is accepting this woman's offering after the fact. He's not suggesting it ahead of time. I think this makes a difference. Jesus is accepting this offering after it's given. He's not recommending it as the kind of offering he hopes all people will give. So the woman pours this over his head, and he is blessed, and he is moved. But, and I don't know this for sure, obviously, but given everything else I know about Jesus, if the woman had come to him beforehand and said, Jesus, I love you so much and I'm so thankful for everything you've done in my life. I want to give you an offering and I want, it to, I want to do something with this $40,000 and I'm thinking of buying a vial of perfume and pouring it over your head. I think it's at least possible Jesus would have said, that's a beautiful idea. Maybe we can talk about some other ideas and other things you could do with this money. Which means, and I think this is, key to understanding the passage. It's not what the woman does that's important in this passage to Jesus. It's the spirit of her heart as she gives it. It's not the nature of the offering that's the most important thing that this woman does. It's the spirit of her giving that moves him. That's why Jesus says that strange thing about the poor always being with us. When Jesus made that statement, he was quoting the Old Testament. What was he quoting? Deuteronomy 15. Did you notice that when we read it earlier? He was quoting Deuteronomy 15. In verse 11, it says, there will always be poor people in the land. The poor you will always have with you. But when I read the whole thing in context, was that a verse about, hey, don't care about the poor? No, it was exactly the opposite. In Deuteronomy 15.11, it says, the poor you will always have with you, therefore make sure that you are extremely generous with the poor. In that passage, Jesus doesn't just suggest care of the poor, he suggests radical generosity, deep, generous, open-handed giving. Don't be tight-fisted, be open-handed with the poor. So, the, so what you have Jesus saying when he quotes that passage is, Yes, of course, the poor, the money could have given to be, be given to the poor. The poor are always there, and you are called to be radically generous to them. And that's not stopping. But for now, let's just look at this woman and what she did and why it's beautiful. Actually, understanding the spirit of Deuteronomy 15, that spirit of generosity gets us to the, the key of why Jesus is so enthusiastic about this woman's offering. I just said, Deuteronomy 15, what's the spirit of Deuteronomy 15? It's radical generosity. Verses 7 and 8, 
If anyone is poor, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Rather, be open-handed and lend them whatever they need. Just overflow and give in to them. So this spirit of radical generosity. Now, in our passage, who shows the spirit of Deuteronomy 15? Not the disciples. They're not generous in their judgments. They are not generous with this woman. They do not give her the benefit of the doubt. They do not take her actions in the best possible way. They are pretty judgmental of this woman. The person who shows the spirit of Deuteronomy 15 is this woman who is as open-handed as you can get, who overflows with generosity and grace upon the head of Jesus in her love for him. And that moves Jesus. You know what this is like? This is like a mother on Mother's Day whose 9- and 11-year-old kid make breakfast in bed for her. And they go into the kitchen and they make pancakes and they make bacon. And they bring it up to mom. And honestly, the pancake is completely burned on one side. And the bacon is so crispified that it almost falls apart. It's like eating bacon bits. And the kitchen afterwards is it's like an apocalypse, Right? But when the food is brought to mom, what does mom say? Does she say, you made a mess of the kitchen and this bacon is overcooked. This is terrible. No, of course she doesn't. She says, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. This is the best breakfast I ever had. Why does she do that? Because of the heart of the offering. The heart of the offering. The generosity. The key word to understanding this passage is waste. In this passage, it's the waste that bothers the disciples. Why this waste? But in this passage, it is precisely the waste that blesses Jesus. Why is Jesus blessed? Because this woman is extravagant. Because this woman does more than you could possibly imagine. Because this woman overflows in generosity. And because she overflows, because she's so generous, he accepts that offering even though it's wildly imperfect. And that's why this is ultimately a story about grace. Because grace is the overflow. Grace is the extra. Grace is a kind of holy waste. And when we receive grace and we get it, there will always be part of us that will think that it's excessive. That will say like the disciples, why this waste? You're a young person and you're moving from your apartment to a house and it's going to be really stressful for you and you're worried about it. And you get up in the morning and you're starting to work and all of a sudden the doorbell rings and there's 10 of your closest friends. You didn't know they were coming and they're there and say, we're here to help you, help you move. And they spend the whole day helping you move and they even buy you a couple plants to put in your new apartment and they won't leave until the place is completely cleaned and every box is emptied. And what do you say to them when they're done? You say, oh, you guys, you shouldn't have. This is too much. And it is. But the too much is exactly what makes it so wonderful. The too much is the grace. The too much is what blesses you. And there's these kinds of stories all throughout the Gospels. The disciples see some children coming to Jesus and say, oh, he's too busy. He's too busy. And Jesus says, oh, no, no, no. Come, let the children come to me. And he pours out his time on them. Holy waste. Grace. Jesus tells his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, if someone asks you to go a mile with them, don't just go one mile, go two. 
Because it's the extra, it's the grace that changes people. The prodigal son comes home and his brother comes in from the fields, the older brother, and sees that there's this great big party thrown for his younger brother, and he says, what a waste. And the dad says, come on in, this is the holy waste of the kingdom. God preserve us from a world where there is no holy waste, where everybody just gets what they deserve. That will be a world where it is cold and hard and there is no forgiveness. So sometimes we just need to overflow for each other. Sometimes we need to do things for each other that seem like they are too much and that make us ask the question, how do I deserve something like this? And as you measure your own spiritual growth, it's a reasonable question to answer your, ask yourself, do I ever overflow in grace for another person? Do I ever do something extravagant? Now I know this is grave, and like me, many of you are, 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 are pretty um, bounded people, right? We're not sort of charismatic and given to great displays, like the woman in this passage, right? She's almost charismatic, the way she dumps the oil on her head and this great display of emotion. We're calculated people. We're stewardly people. That's not how we roll. I'm a handshaker, not a hugger. Are you, are you expecting us all to become these sort of wildly extravagant people? No. Thinking about uh, love languages can help us to think about what Jesus means here. In the realm of romantic love, you've probably most of you heard about the love languages, right? There's different ways we can, people express love. Some people do it by saying words of love. Some people are huggers, physical touch. Other people, though, you know, it's more acts of service and other things like that. The same sort of dynamic exists in the spiritual realm, Right? There's different ways we can pour ourselves out extravagantly. Some people express their faith through joyful, charismatic worship. Some people are very able to talk about their faith and say what's on their heart. Other people, you won't get them to talk, but if you need anything, they will be there for you again and again and again. And some people will pray for you night and day in a room by themselves. All of these are legitimate expressions of Christian love to other people. And somewhere in one of those languages, we ought to overflow for each other. Sometimes we'll overflow with an expression of faith or testimony. Some of us will overflow in sending cards. Some of us will overflow in tuna casseroles given to needy families. Others of us will simply overflow by giving ourselves to committee meetings. But all of these things are ways in which we can act abundantly. Ultimately, however, the good news of this passage and the message of this passage is not just a call for us to overflow. Ultimately, it's not the woman's overflowing generosity that catches Jesus' attention in this passage. It's something about what he's about to experience that makes him celebrate what she does. She's prepared me for burial, he says. He sees this woman give essentially a year of her life, a year of her savings poured out on Jesus as an offering, and he knows he's about to go to the cross and pour out all of his life 
a great outpouring upon each and every one of us, an extravagant offering so that we might be saved. And that too will look like a holy waste. Jesus' life in exchange for mine, me, this very ordinary person, impatient, stubborn, and slow to change for perfect Jesus, the Son of God, that's a terrible exchange. What a waste. Yes, it is. And yet by this waste, I am saved, and so are you. Thanks be to God. Lord God, we thank you for the extravagance of your grace. We experience it every day. Lord, every day of our existence, every healthy breath in this world, every time we hear the promises that are ours through Jesus Christ, your Son, we know that we are in the grip of a grace that we do not deserve. And Lord, it is, it is a grace that holds us together every day. In great gratitude for what you have done to for us. Help us to find ways to overflow in this world so that our joy may be complete. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.